Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Let me, um, if you have your Bible, jump to Matthew chapter 1. I want to read to you from there today. Matthew chapter 1. But there's a story, I'm going to move this microphone, is that all right? There's a story I read the other day about a little boy and a little girl. They were at their church's Christmas service on Christmas Eve, and they were singing the song Silent Night. As that song got to the end, the little boy concluded the words, Sleep in heavenly beans. His little sister elbowed him and said, No, silly, it's not beans, it's peas. You know, by the way, some of us feel by the time that Christmas morning gets here, it might as well be beans or peas. Because how many of you know Christmas in this season doesn't oftentimes make us feel peace? Because sometimes in the frantic rush to get everything done and to be everywhere, the reason for the season sometimes eludes us. In Matthew chapter 1, I want to read this to you. This is one kind of one author's look at the Christmas story. But Matthew chapter 1, pick up verse 18. It says, this was how Jesus, God's anointed one, was born. His mother, Mary, had promised Joseph to be his wife. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Her fiancé, Joseph, was a righteous man, full of integrity. And he didn't want to disgrace her. But when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. While he was still debating this with himself about what to do, he fell asleep in a supernatural dream. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife. Because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Savior, for he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. Verse 22, this happened so that what the Lord spoke through his prophet would come true. Listen, a virgin will be pregnant, she will give birth to a son, and he will be known as Emmanuel, which means in Hebrew, God became one of us. When Joseph awoke from his dream, he did all the angel of the Lord instructed him to do, and he took Mary to be his wife. But they refrained from having sex until she gave birth to her son, whom they named Jesus. Uh, Typically, when I read of the Christmas story, I like to read from Luke chapter 2. I was thinking, why do I read Luke chapter 2? And I think maybe it's because it goes into a little more detail. But another reason I like Luke chapter 2 is because that's what I remember my parents reading. That's what I remember my grandparents reading. That's what I remember as a kid. That's what I remember my dad would sit on a stage at Nixa when I was a kid, and he would read that to the kids and to grandkids and kids from the church. It's what I remember my my mom's dad, my papaw, reading one night sitting in their living room. It was when technology was just kind of getting in vogue and in thing, and he had this, this this little palm reader. I don't even remember what it was called, but he read, and I'm pretty sure by the time he realized He was in Luke chapter 4 and still reading. And we're like, man, you've just about got Jesus crucified. This story that we're supposed to read ended a long time ago. But I remember that and there's some fond memories. And honestly, I was thinking about it. If I could go back in time and kind of look into those rooms and listen to those readings, 
I'd probably listen with a little more earnestness, paying attention, trying to remember what would happen. But today I, I read to you from Matthew because there's a couple of things I want to point out. Next Sunday I'll actually look at Luke chapter 2. But if you stop to think about it, if you really read from Matthew chapter 1, if you stop to think about it, if Joseph had made a different decision that day, Christmas may not look like we know it. He had that power in his hands. I want to take a quick look at Joseph, and then I want to kind of drive home some thoughts for you today. But Joseph, if you really think about it, Joseph, he almost appears as an afterthought in the Christmas story. There's not really a whole lot mentioned about Joseph. Matthew's account gives a little mention of him, but Luke doesn't really say anything at all. And when you look at the Christmas story, you really can't find any lines. I know in our Christmas plays, we had Joseph go to the innkeeper and say, hey, do you have any room in the inn? But really, if you really read the Christmas story, there was no innkeeper ever. We don't see that. So Joseph has no lines. I can't think of any worship songs that sing about Joseph. I can't really think of any Christmas carols that sing about Joseph. When you look at modern art, if you go back throughout history and you look through art, there's numerous pictures of Mary and the baby, but there's not a whole lot unless it's the whole, you know, manger and cradle and all that that really depicts Joseph. Well, in reading this story, we find that Joseph and Mary were engaged But something maybe you didn't know, in first century Jewish culture, when someone was engaged, they were already considered to be married. They were already considered to be husband and wife. It was official. They just hadn't maybe gone to the person that would tie the knot, so to speak. But they were already considered married. Therefore, unfaithfulness in any way, shape, or form was considered adultery. So when Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant, can you imagine what's going through the man's brain? So he's thinking she's been unfaithful. I mean, he's thinking there is adultery. At the bare minimum, if he doesn't think she's committed adultery, at least it's going to look like it. And you know, that's what we're all concerned about. What is everybody going to think? So we see this in Scripture. Joseph decides to break off their engagement. And according to law, this would be completely justified at this time. He could have broken off the engagement and been completely okay with this. But Joseph was torn, torn between his love and his loyalty for Mary. He knew that if he broke that off because of unfaithfulness, she would be considered an outcast. Her child would be considered an outcast. That's what happened in that day and in that time. So he's considering that, but he's also considering the law. The law says he can divorce her. The law says he can get rid of her. So he's torn between this loyalty to the law and this loyalty to Mary. And so he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give in to the law. And he's like, I'm going to get rid of her quietly so people don't know. It's at this point in time that God's like, all right, we got to go give the boy some help. So an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, hey, don't be afraid to take Mary As your wife, for the child conceived in her, is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, and he will save the people from their sins. And just think of this story, though. If Joseph had been like many of us, he probably would have debated it. Is this really God? Did you really say this? Did I really have a dream from God? I mean, he would have highly considered this, highly debated it. Did I have some weird dream? Man, you can't believe. I think God came and visited me last night. No, Joseph, the Bible tells us he did it. 
he did it. You know, and what's interesting to me is, is I've always read this story and just in my mind, for some reason, I thought the angel kind of said, hey, don't sleep with her. The angel never says that. The angel just says, hey, you're going to have a son. Joseph takes the obedience even a step further, and he says, hey, I'm not even going to sleep with my wife until after the boy is born. So Joseph obeys, but then not only does Joseph obey and doesn't send her away, but the biggest thing is this, and you have to catch this, Joseph obeys the command of God and gives the boy a name. And this is important. Not only is the name Jesus important, but the reason Jesus had to be named by Joseph so he could be a part of David's lineage. And that's an important part of the story. If Joseph had left and done something else and said, no, what would God have done? So it's this major part of this story. And so Joseph obeyed, and Christmas, as we know it today, was saved. And so when I was reading this story and thinking about it, and thinking about this Christmas that almost never was, it really made me start thinking about 2020. And the season and the year and the Christmas that almost never was. Can you believe it? It's, it's December. I mean, literally, can you believe that this year, this crazy, long year is almost over? I told somebody the other day, this is the longest year, but the shortest year of my life. In the same breath, it feels like it's going to last forever. You know, when I had COVID and I was laying in my bedroom, and you guys, I think I might have mentioned this, but when I was told I can't touch people or hug people, it felt like the longest 10 days of my life. And I walked out one day and told Tasha, I just want to hug people. And she says, you just want to hug people? But it feels like this fastest year and the longest year of my life. But what a year 2020 has been. How many of you, let's be honest, how many of you, when 2020 started, you picked what was going to happen? Anybody, anybody call this one? Anybody call a global pandemic that would shut the world down? Anybody call that? I mean, this year has been a year like none of us will ever see again. Riots across our nation. I mean, like, like crazy riots and violence even made its way to Springfield, Missouri. And I'm like, it is incredible what we have seen. Fires spreading across our cities. Fires spreading across our, our nation's forests and world parks. And I mean, just crazy. And how many of you, the craziest election season ever, whatever political party you pick or choose, is the election even over yet? All right? That's, I mean, 2020, what a crazy year. You know, the other day, Tasha and I, um, she actually, she sent me a picture of a cartoon Santa Claus. And I was trying to debate, do I show this picture? Do I talk about this picture on the screen? I thought, you know what? It's 2020. She sent me a picture of Santa peeing on 2020. And I just thought, you know what? That is a perfect kind of just, it seemed very fitting, right? Doesn't that just kind of just seem like a perfect end to the year? I don't know. I just kind of thought it was fitting. I don't know. I had no idea if today we'd be meeting in person or meeting online. 
I didn't know if we'd have stay-at-home orders. I mean, I really didn't know even just a few weeks ago what it was going to look like. But thankfully, we're back in the building. And I know some of you have wrestled with some of these same thoughts and ideas in your own mind and in your own head. Do we go to church or do we watch online? You know, and I just want to tell you, and those that are watching online, and I understand many are doing that um, because of health reasons, and I get it, and I respect that, and I support that. But man, I think, so, I think some of you watching online, and some of you that have not made your way back to church, just as a pastor moment, I think there's something powerful about the room. I mean, I enjoyed, I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed several weeks at home when we had stay-at-home orders, and worshiping with my family in my living room and it was it was kind of novel for a moment but the newness wore off and I was like I miss my church family and so I just want to encourage you in 2021 if you've not been back in the church yet put your mask on come to church whatever let's figure this out because there's something important about this room and I know some of you have wrestled do we send our kids back to school or do we do virtual learning you know I know we've debated that you know, even as a family, not so much a fear of the sickness, but man, my kids have been quarantined. We're not, a, we're not 100% sure, but we know bare minimum four separate times this year. That's a minimum of eight weeks of school that my kids have missed. Part of that's because their parents each got COVID at separate times, but hey, who knows? Neither one of us even know where we got it. Tasha did get it pretty bad, so I'm glad that she's feeling much better. You know, the question, do we wear a mask, do we not wear a mask? For me at the beginning, it was don't wear a mask. Now it's wear a mask when I'm out in public, but be miserable the whole time. And I don't know if any of you guys are like me when I wear a mask. And I, if you have to forgive me when I come to talk to you and I pull it down. I'm not trying to be stupid or anything. I can't hear it does something to me. It makes me feel like I can't hear. So I have to pull the mask down to hear you talk. I don't know. And then I tried the whole gator thing, and I would talk, and the gator would be like, if you're sucking. Anybody have, like, you know, first world problems, you know, 2020, you, get, you, you swallow your own mask. I know it's a struggle. You know, do we gather with our grandparents? Do we not gather with our grandparents? Do we go see family? Do we not? Do we do the big holiday celebration this year? Do we not? Do I travel? Do we do the annual Christmas trip? Is Christmas going to happen this year? I mean, these are all things I've thought about. When you have a lot of time at home laying in your bed, you start thinking about these things even in October. But as this Christmas season is really approaching, I don't know, as with everything this, this last nine months, it's, it's, it seems different. Number one, this Christmas season seems so rushed. It was literally like I woke up one day and was like, oh my goodness, it's Christmas. And we need to start shopping. It feels like I'm not ready. Like literally Christmas is 19 days away. If those of you didn't know that, today you just were warned. 19 days till Christmas. But even with all of that, this Christmas seems to me like it has the potential to be more special. I don't know why, maybe it's because we've spent more times as families, and maybe some of our families have started to grow closer together, even centered around God's Word, but maybe it seems like this year around the Christmas tree might be more special. It feels like it has the potential, at least, to be a real special season, but it seems like it's got the potential to be what it's really supposed to be about, being present, being present with family. 
being present with friends, but most importantly, kind of being all about Jesus. You know, I remember as a kid waiting. How many of you got so excited to open Christmas presents on Christmas morning? Am I the only one? Like three of us. Like the rest of you were, you had patience. Well, I never had patience. It's not a virtue of mine. The Lord has tried to give it to me, and I've told him I've got enough. I just don't like patience. I have none. But I remember as a kid being so excited for Christmas, but my family always had to be spiritual. Right? Any of your families have to be spiritual, or any of your, or are you guys just the kind that you walk in and you just tear open the gifts and it's done? Well, my family, we always had to make it about Jesus. You know, it's like, can we just, you know, get to the gifts? I remember we'd have to read the Christmas story. And it was, it was interesting, my mom's family and my dad's family, there was different levels of spirituality. Like Grandma and Grandpa Blanchett's is we just had to hear from Grandma and Grandpa, and Grandpa could take a long time, and then we just tore into the gifts. And, but my mom's family, it had to always be, she, my, they would get a birthday cake, and we'd light a candle and sing happy birthday to Jesus every year. And then we'd have to sing the doxology. You know, if you don't know the doxology, God bless you. But, you know, we had to sing that, you know. But in my family, it's special because there was like 17-part harmony, especially when you got to the amen at the end. It was like, man, I didn't know there were that many parts in a song, you know. But I remember one special Christmas, really special Christmas at my mom's family. If you've never seen a felt board or had a felt board's Christmas story told to you, you've been blessed, you right? But somebody in my family, I don't remember, I think I remember which one it was, but they brought out a felt board. It was like, you know, like not too many years ago, and there was still technology, and I'm like, we're going to really like do-do-do-do-do with Jesus and all them on a felt board. I remember that. And I'm just thinking, I just want to open the presents. I don't care about baby Jesus right now. I just want to open gifts, and we'd pray, we'd sing. And I remember thinking as a kid, can we just open the gifts? But I'll tell you. This year, I'd love to see that felt board story again. I don't know, I just think this Christmas season has the potential to really create some special memories. And what I want to do is I want to make sure that I, Chad Blancett, enjoy those memories. I want to make sure that my family cherishes those memories. I want to make sure that we as a church have those memories. I want to make sure that we slow down long enough to enjoy the season. I want to make sure that we slow down as a church and as families and those watching online. I want to make sure that we slow down long enough to make memories that will last a lifetime. I have memories in me today that as a kid I was like, can we just move on? But I'm so thankful for those memories. And remember today, it's not about presence. It's not about stars, and it's not about trees, and it's not about plays, and it's not about dinners, and it's not about decor. It's about being present with family, but most importantly, it's about being present with Jesus. And how many of you know, even in the church, that's most oftentimes not the case. This season that's all about him, that's all about his birth, ends up being about everything else. I kind of want to do a poll this morning and Ask a few questions. So how many of you would say you have not started shopping? Raise your hand high. Raise them high if you have not started shopping. Look at all the crazy people in the room. All right. How many of you are done shopping? Look at all the crazy people in the room. How many of you 
do not have Christmas lights on your house yet, but you plan to have them on your house? A few of you. How many of you already got the lights on the house? How many of you are like Chad Blancett? Don't raise your hand. You didn't do nothing. How many of you are like Chad Blancett and you hate putting lights on the house? But you do it because your spouse likes you to put. It's like I'm hanging up there. And I don't know about you guys, but like Tasha will come to me in like August. Hey, it's warm enough if you want to go ahead and hang the lights up. I'm going to wait a little while. Hey, it's September. It's warm enough. You should go ahead and hang the lights. I'm like, I got it. There's plenty of time. And then the day you decide I'm going to go hang the lights. So this year I did. I was like, all right, I'm going to go hang the lights. It was last weekend. It was a warm day. And I get all the lights out. And I get Maddox is helping me. Maddox is my trusty partner hanging Christmas lights. And I get him, uh, you know, just on about part of the house. And I plug in a new strand and it, uh, it pops. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I change out the fuse, plug it in, it pops again. And I go through three strands and I change the fuses on three different strands of lights two times each. So that's six for those of you that can't do math. But anyway. I did that six times, and the lights popped, and the fuse popped every time, and so I'm like, I've got to order new lights. And so it was a warm day when I'm hanging the lights. I've got to order new lights. I have to wait for the new lights to get in. I've got old lights just kind of dangling off the roof, and I go to the store, and I pick up the new lights, and the new lights don't match the old lights. They're a different color. How many know they've started doing all these LED lights, or the reds today don't match the reds of two years ago, or the whites of today don't match the whites of two years ago? And it's like, what do we do? And if you're in my house, and you hang lights that don't match and aren't perfectly straight, Tasha's going to come out there and go, it's not right. (laughs) That's just how it is in my house. So I get all the new lights, red and white lights that look like candy canes, and I decide to hang them on, no lie, what is now the coldest day of the year. And I'm up there on the top at the pitch of our roof on this ladder, and I'm shaking and freezing, and Jason's laughing at me from his driveway and just waving. I thought he would come and help me, but he didn't. Anyway, there's no bitterness at all in me towards Christmas lights. I hate it. Let me ask you guys another question. How many of you would say, be honest and say, this time of year stresses you out a little bit? Raise your hand high if you say, this time of year stresses you out a little bit. You know, I think there's a lot of things that probably could contribute to stress this time of year. And I put a list of things, and let's see if these ring a bell, no holiday pun intended. But I did notice there's no bell ringers this year because of COVID, so it won't ring a bell. But anyway, here's my top 15 list of things that cause stress this time of year. But it's actually not a list of 15 because I thought of more than 15. It's 19, but I wanted to keep it as 15. So anyway, this is my top 15, but actually 19 list of things that cause stress at Christmas time. Shopping for Christmas gifts. How many of you get stressed shopping for Christmas gifts? Raise your hand. If you get one of these, raise your hand high on that one, all right? How many of you get stressed having to pay for those Christmas gifts? All right? How many of you get stressed when you have to put up the decorations? All right? How many of you, this is probably for the chefs in the room, how many of you get a little stressed when cooking a Christmas meal that has to meet the demands of the carnivore and the vegan? Anybody? Anybody get a little stressed? You know? How many of you get stressed when you have to wrap the gifts? Me, me, I hate it. I hate wrapping gifts, but Tasha thinks it's more special when I wrap gifts for her. And so I'm like, all right, this is not going to look right. And I waste so much paper. I'm like, I watch her, and I'm like, oh, that looks easy. And then I go to do it, and I'm like, I got seven extra feet on this one gift. How did I? And so it's like, 
Hide it on the bottom. Fighting traffic, does that stress anybody out this time of year, fighting traffic? If married, or if having a child just now recently married, figuring out when you're going to do all the Christmas things, when all you're going to do all the Christmas gatherings. Does that stress anybody out? It's like this year with our family, we've had to revert. Now we're going to start doing Christmas in September for certain parts of the family, you know, because we have to fit it all in. It's like, you know, when did, I just love with our family, Tosh and I, we made this decision years ago. I remember one year we did four Christmases in one, on one Christmas morning, and Tosh and I looked at each other and we're like, this is nuts. So we made a decision. Christmas is for our family. We're going to not rush. We'll see Nana and Papa or Mimi and Papa or whoever before or after, but Christmas is for our family. And we just made that a decision. And, uh, you know, but I mean, that was a big deal for us. How many of you are, this stresses you out, especially 2020, all the stores are out of the gifts you're actually looking for? If you went to, how many of you have looked for Legos this year? I think there must have been a run on Legos. I really think there was. Or how many of you tried to find a bike this year? Anybody try to buy a bike this year? You can't buy them. Good luck. You know? Untang- Here's another one I hate. How many of this stresses you out? An- untangling all the Christmas lights. How do they get so sh- tangled anyway? It's like you wrap them up, you, roll, you set them in there all nicely, and then from New Year's Day to Christmas season, it's like they have a party in there, and they all roll around. And you're like, how did this even happen? It looks like Maddox's hair on a Sunday morning, you know? Anyway, how many of this stresses you out hearing I'll be home for Christmas a million times? Feeling the pressure, ladies. How many of you feel a little bit of pressure to make a memory? And when that memory doesn't end up like you wanted, you feel a little stressed. How many, maybe this year especially, this is true for a lot of us. You realize the year's coming to a close and you didn't accomplish all you wanted to accomplish. Does that stress you out? How many of this stresses you out? You know you're going to face some relatives that you don't really get along with. How many of this stresses you out knowing that this Christmas you're actually going to spend it alone? Three often overlooked words that maybe sometimes cause stress. Batteries not included. Does that stress anybody out? Or maybe being a part of a family that celebrates Christmas separately because of a recent divorce. Or maybe this year you're missing a loved one that's passed away. Or trying to pay off all that credit card debt to make that perfect Christmas, to make that perfect memory. I mean, you know you need a loan to pay for Christmas nowadays. Your kids come to you and say, I enjoyed when the kids were six. You could buy cheap gifts. Now when they're 16 or 12, the gifts are fun. I want this, $500. I want this, $500. Well, you get half of one of those. Which one do you want? You know? Or last but not least, 15 of 19, 19 of 15, whatever you want to say. Keeping gifts hidden from nosy family members. Does that stress anybody out? And the list could go on and on and on, and you can see why so many things stress us out. But when I read scriptures about the birth of the Savior and the reason for His coming, I don't see stress as one of the reasons He came. I just don't see it. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us, For a child has been born for us. The gift of a son for us. He'll take over running the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Wholeness. 
I read Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, And the Lord himself will give you this sign. A virgin will come, become pregnant, and she will give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Amazing counselor, strong God, eternal father, prince of wholeness, Emmanuel. God is with us with us. These names, when I hear them, they don't elicit stress. These names, they, to me at least, they elicit peace. They cause hope. Listen to me. Christmas shouldn't elicit stress or cause chaos. It should bring about peace and it should cause hope. Let me say that again. Christmas should not elicit uh, stress or cause chaos, but it should bring about peace. It should bring about hope. But we've lost track of what it's really about, and we've made so many other things so important that this season that should be all about peace and that should be all about Him has now become about paying off credit card debt, has been about meeting at which house and making the perfect memory when it used to be just about Jesus. Why should it be about peace? Why should it be about hope? Because Emmanuel, God, is with us. Let me say that again. Jesus is Emmanuel, and he is with us. Jesus is a strong father. Jesus is a prince of peace. These names, Emmanuel, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, these names, they hold tremendous significance for us as believers. These names remind me that Jesus didn't come some silent night some 2,000 years ago to say, hey, I'm coming in for one night, then I'm going to say peace out. I hope you can figure it all out by yourself. No, Jesus came to stay. And he came to bring about peace. He came to bring about Hope, he came to be a strong father. He came to give you something when you feel like you're all alone, when there is no hope. He came to be a wonderful counselor. So what does all this mean to you and me? And I don't have any points today. I just wanted to remind you, just, just let's just get back to the reason for the season. So what's this mean for us? It means that no matter the challenge you're facing, let me, let me tell you, Esau even mentioned it this morning. So maybe some of you feel like you're alone. No matter the challenge you're facing, you're not alone. Emmanuel, God is with you. Whatever you need this Christmas season, you need salvation, he's done that. You need deliverance, he can give that. You need peace, you need hope, you need strength, you need joy, you need laughter. Jesus is the amazing counselor. Jesus is the strong God. Jesus is the eternal father. Jesus is the prince of peace. Jesus is Emmanuel. In spite of the craziness of 2020, in spite of the craziness of this season, God is with us. So my challenge to you this year, I challenge you these next few weeks during this Christmas season that many of us probably wondered, what's it going to look like? I challenge you today. Don't get so focused on the trees. Don't get so focused on the perfect ornament. Don't get so focused on the Christmas lights or all the shopping or all the dinners or all the parties. Don't get so focused on what you don't have this year 
or what this year didn't offer you, don't get so zoomed in on everything we typically zoom in on. Can we zoom out from life? And this Christmas season, can we focus in on the one that really matters? And if you can focus in on Jesus, if you can focus in on Emmanuel, God, who is with us, I guarantee you, this Christmas season is going to close. And you're going to say that was a special year. Let's make it about Jesus this year. All the kids in the room or watching online are saying, please still give me gifts. I'm not saying don't buy gifts. I'm just saying, even in the midst of buying gifts, let's make it about Jesus. And if we can do that, this can be a special year. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.